Welcome to the View Tourism Podcast. I'm Kojibento Williams. The View Tourism Podcast is dedicated to Africa's travel and tourism industry, where it is when the private and public sectors get to talk to us. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and wherever gadget podcasts. In today's episode, a distinguished destination marketing expert and the founder and CEO of Globify Solutions, a full-service marketing agency, Jason Tanzuka, has admonished African DMOs to outline targeted strategies in growing the interest of the continent in the U.S. Out- outbound market. Jacinta believes Africa should look at niche products for the U.S. market while enhancing its marketing and activations on the ground. So, yes, welcome to the Video Tourism Podcast. And uh, I have a very familiar face in Africa's in the travel and tourism space. And she used to be the acting CEO of the Kenya Tourism Board. And from there, she's had nearly two decades, if not more, of heading the marketing department of, of Kenya Tourism Board, Jacinta Ndioka. Jacinta, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Kojo. How are you? Very well. Where are you in hiding? Everyone is asking you of the industry, where are you? <laughs> they say you're somewhere and all of that. Tell us where you are and how things are getting for you and, 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 and the family. Oh, thank you very much, uh, Kojo. And um, I'm currently based in Seattle, out of uh, Washington State in the U.S., I've been here for a year now. I moved here with family uh, for um, um, uh, business and educational opportunities. And uh, we are settled here. And uh, when I moved, I, of course, uh, as fate would have it, you want to do the things that um, you are familiar with. So I set up um, uh, my um, marketing agency, my travel marketing agency uh, called Globify Solutions. And um, my business is uh, catching up. I got into the uh, Travel Trade Associations. I'm a member of um, USTOA. I'm a member of uh, ATTA. Um, Also, um, the vice president for the Northwest APTA chapter that we just uh, are reviving here in our region. And um, I got into the Black and Indigenous Peoples Business Communities, the Chamber of Commerce uh, as a member and uh, the Commission for Destination um, uh, Development in my uh, county, which is called King County uh, here in, um, in Washington State. So I back in the in the sector now as a private practitioner. Private How does it yeah. look like, you know, from uh, <laughs> two decades of being government, and, I mean, being government, uh, using the word, uh, you know, advisedly in terms of being, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, in, in, in parastatal. What's the difference? Obviously, there's a huge difference. Right? Obviously, obviously, there's a huge difference. Uh, my two decades as in a private, in a public sector, has uh, gave me a very good experience to because I work very closely with the private sector across the world. I remember Kojo, I joined the tourism board in the marketing department, and I grew with the organization. I was the director of marketing for over nine years. I was um, acting CEO for a year. Then I moved and uh, started uh, the Kenya National Convention Bureau as CEO. Up, you set it up, right? For, for three years. So during this period of destination marketing, you work with private sector. You support them. You work towards packaging and developing products and experiences fit for the market. So you are interfacing with both sides, the market and the home destination suppliers, the people who own the product. 
So this has given me um, a quite good experience in networks that I'm able to, to, to stand on so that I push on my business. Um, it is totally different, definitely. It, it, it's a very good space where I feel I'm able to really utilize uh, the skill and experience that I've built over years for the benefit of, um, of my clients. My clients here, I mean the companies, the public sector, private sector organizations that want a piece of the cake of the American market. I am marketing and representing African clients here in the U.S. as their rep. So that is uh, basically what, uh, what, yeah, what I'm doing. Yes. Strong, you know, congratulations uh, uh, again. But let's backtrack a bit, you know, to look at uh, how uh, 2023, uh, you know, the market for, uh, because you know that the U.S. is a very key source market for Africa. And uh, in terms of how Africa fed, can you give us a bit of overview of, of, of that market? Okay. Um, of course, as you know, the U.S. outbound market um, returned very strongly in uh, 2023, actually starting from 2024, despite the issues and the post-COVID uh, challenges. Um, in 2023, uh, the growth rate was about 8% from the US to around the world. Kojo, 50% of Americans travel overseas. Overseas means outside of Mexico and Canada. The other 50% travel to Canada and, 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 and Mexico. So this increase of 7% is to the, the whole world. To Africa specifically, the increase was 25% in 2023. So Africa grew more than the rest of the world. The highest growth, of course, was in the Oceania region and Asia, then followed by Africa, then uh, followed by um, uh, um, Europe, the Middle East, and, and, and so on. So Africa's growth is 25% in 2023. And this is a very small portion of the market share of travelers because Africa, we only receive about 0.8% of travel from America. So we are the, the smallest um, um, outbound market, yet U.S. remains top source market for so many of the African markets. Kenya, for instance, the U.S. is the top leading international source market for a decade now. And so the potential is immense, Kojo. But if you, if you I mean, with, I mean, with all these numbers and it's you know, potential, is it, a, is, it, is it a case that the African destinations are not, you know, as in putting up the best foot forward or in terms of strategy or what, what should be the pitch, you know, to be able to unlock this uh, opportunities that the U.S. outbound market present into the continent. Oh, Kojo, now that I'm here, um, I'm in the U.S. as a, as a, as a, as a private uh, sector player. I am seeing things different from how I saw them when I was in the Kenya public se uh, sector. You know, when you have when you have to really showcase your destination and its experiences in such a massive market and and you you have limitations in terms of the spread of how far you can go the impact is very little here in the US on social media on tv outdoor in consumer activations the trade africa is not visible and I'm saying that because I live here, I move around, I engage with travel agents, 
most of them are selling what? The Caribbean, Canada, Mexico, because they are being marketed. African destinations that are really trying to penetrate the market and they have done some good work in terms of establishing trade relations with two operators who, who have been loyal to sending clients to Africa are very few. I can just name them up to about five of them. And out of these five, only two have representation or regular visibility and basically with the trade where they have roadshows, they have exhibitions, they have sales calls, they have trends with the travel agents, some incentive campaigns here with OTAs that to reach the general consumer, this is a massive market and none of them has been able to really be that visible. So it is about being um, visible, it is about targeting. And, and what I'm seeing is that um, small pockets or, or niches of, um, of, 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 the, of, of the travel segments are what Africa should look at and not go generic because this is a market that is huge and cannot be approached uh, generically. Mm, great. I mean, you know, very interesting. Now, uh, let's go back to what you used to do, you know, at the, at the, uh, at the you know, convention bureau. Again, if you take mm. the same, you know, measure around if Africa can be a good destination for, for a North American market, what do they expect? Because also from that market, it has its own, you know, behavioral things that comes with it. Uh, in terms of uh, you know bringing conventions and events to 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 Africa, are we are we are we losing on something? Um, Kojo, uh, you know the the the, the meetings industry is um is is diverse, and uh, where I see Africa taking um 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 advantage of its own uh, USP is focusing on incentives. Because the incentive market is 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 very um, um, you know compatible with what Africa has to offer. It is a place where you go beyond just sitting and having a meeting or just having a conference. And then the other area is really to deal with uh, associations so that we have the regular association meetings that circulate from you know they move from one place to the other. Our convention centers, of course, some are not up to um, um, having good capacity and also um, infrastructure. Uh, the American uh, delegate is, is very sophisticated in terms of the technology and what they expect when they go for a meeting. So we, we, we want to be able to offer very authentic and customized meetings that give the ambience of and, and delivery of a great and a seamless event, but also that that gives the delegates an opportunity to connect with, with Africa. When I say to connect with Africa, it is our beauty, our culture, and our people. That is what we need to really focus on so that our competitive advantage is not having huge or you know having huge uh, meeting room because they have that here. It is having a proper nice meeting facility with seamless technology, but also giving them a taste of this okay. African authenticity. But, 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 but um, again, there's always a conversation around whether, uh, I mean, for example, wildlife or safari is, 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 is an overkill or we have to be able to vary it because sometimes you, you, know, you tell people, 
Africa. And the first thing that comes to mind, obviously, yes, we still have the safaris and 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 all of that. But in terms of the pitch, are we to be able to show, you know, the the, the different uh, you know, diverse offerings that the continent, you know, has, has got, or we still have to be very classic in 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 what is perceived to be just Africa? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you know, Kojo, when you're when you're promoting your products, uh, you will you can never forget your iconic product, Absolutely. whether it is over, whether it is oversold or not. That that is that, that is what 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 uh, it you represent as a as a as a destination. If you're going to Paris for the first time, you want to go to the Eiffel Tower. That is the icon. If you're going to Africa, if you're coming to Kenya, you want to see the migration. You want to have other things, but you want to have, you know, that, that dream image you have of any destination, you want to have that. And then the rest is what adds value to the experience. So we cannot forget the rest. We cannot forget these niches, these emerging and uh, signature experiences that destinations are coming up with. Those are extremely important because they set these destinations apart. And that Absolutely. Because, you know, if you talk about safari and all of that, you go to Kenya, Tanzania, you go to South Africa, you go all of that. I mean, you have all of that. Again, you know, the human connection and, and, and you know, what is it that comes to the, the entire package, you know, makes you, you know, stand out. Yes. Yeah. You know, when you when you have when you have the diversity of experiences, you definitely stand out. The American travelers um, are very um, adventurous. They are seeking exploration. They are seeking adventure. They are seeking to be, of course, comfortable and secure and cautious about where they are going, but they want to connect with destinations. This is a market where impact to them is key. So for our African destinations, when you are offering an American client a package, you must be able to consider how are they going to connect with my destination. These are people who want to, to keep talking about it. They, they, American people sit around and talk about their experiences a lot. They are social beings. They want to share. And where they can show a photo of, oh, this is something I did, and I'll be going back in the next three years with my family or with wherever to go. And that connection, that is very, very key. And destinations are doing this. Look at the sustainable um, uh, tourism models that we have in Africa. I mean, this enables a traveler to connect with host communities, to connect with nature, and with and participate in conservation and and issues that are dear to them in terms of conservation, climate change. You say I went to Africa and I was able to do this, which offset my my carbon mileage. You know, it is something that you feel you belong and you're contributing positively to the world of, um, of uh, where we live. Finally, uh, one one thing that you agree with me that is, uh, I mean, it's, it has always been a challenge. You when we were at uh, KTB and how we, you know, we seek to address it uh, as a region is airlift or air access, okay, uh, from mm -hmm. the source market. When you speak to these uh, would-be travelers or, you know, uh, the travel trade, and look at what we have presently. What, in your suggestion or what, in your opinion, do you think that we can do to at least, if even not address the immediate challenge, we're able to take measures to improve uh, 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 air access and you know travel to the region? Mm -hmm. 
because it's mm -hmm. not about air access of not reaching there, but it's also quite very expensive compared to other destinations. So when you have the multitude of all these problems, then sometimes it makes it quite difficult to be able to, you know, uh, uh, pitch or entice people to, 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 to travel to Africa or even within Africa. Mm. You're right. You're right, Kojo, because um, air access is uh, is is critical. Uh, America itself is a is a huge is a huge place. Exactly. So so one has even to take you can call it a long haul flight to the <laughs> to the city where they are departing to go to Africa. So you can imagine um, where we don't have direct flights uh, to Africa. It's it's three flights uh, for 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 a traveler. It is it is a long way and. Coupled with this, you get to a destination and even entry is a problem because of of, of, of some of the visa regime. Yeah, visa. And I mean, visa are the ones that are supposed to be how to visa enter arrival, e-visa, you know, not working. Yeah. They announce it, but it's not really working. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know, um, Kojo, when, um, when, when Americans travel, they want to have everything at hand. They want to have everything in a good package and either on their phone or in a, on, in a folder. So when you tell them that they are going to get a visa on arrival, then, um, you know, the, you need some reassurance. So uh -huh. where they are able to apply for something in advance online, it is always best. These are people who do online um, purchase for everything, including grocery. I am I'm got I've gotten into that because this is how life is here. So everything is online. You know, you want soap. You so you can imagine you're telling me to go to Africa and I don't have anything. I'll get visa on arrival. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit. Um, and then and then the, the, the experiences that uh, some of them have when they get there and it is it, it is it is not good. So where you have a smooth entry into a destination. It, that destination will always tick. I'm yeah. So the, the countries that have tried to go online, they have um, uh, electronic visa applications. You can either print it in advance, pay online and print in advance and be there or show it on your phone. That makes it easier, definitely. But yeah. when they get to Africa, even getting from one African destination exactly. to the other, the cost of flight is perhaps expensive. I mean, I mean, it's more than it's flying from the state, you know, <laughs> hectic, to Africa. Getting multiple, very hectic, getting multiple visa from one African country to the other, from this to the other. Some countries, some cities are not connected and the cost of flying within Africa is high. So those are challenges, especially if we have to, to look at marketing the region as, as a whole, because how do you get someone to, to land in Kenya and they're flying to, 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 to a, a nearby country and they have to wait for a day because there is no flight that whole and day. Sometimes two know? days, my friend. So, yes. so, so, so let me take your, you know, your, 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 your final thoughts on uh, the projection for, 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 for Africa in the you know, uh, U.S., outbound market and 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 now if you look at the projections by un tourism obviously formerly of UNWTO, um, uh, full recovery is expected this year and all indications are pointing to we having a very you know buoyant tourism sector uh, what should we expect from from the market for for you know for africa uh, if you consider us being a, a very key strategic source market for the continent Mm. 
Um, a recent report uh, that was released by MMGY Global, actually um, um, end of 2023, indicate that um, in the in the in the next 12 months, that is 2024, 61% of North American leisure travelers plan to increase uh, their travel budget and to increase their number of trips, and they want to increase their number of trips by 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 two. So you can imagine and also increase the, the cost of a trip from 5,000 to about 12,000. That is double, that is where I said to increase by two. This increase and looking at the growth that Africa achieved of 25% uh, last year, holding all factors constant, Africa should be able to benefit from this increased demand to travel because North Americans want to travel. They're traveling, they're increasing um, their, 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 their travel. And actually, um, they, they already uh, surpassed the pre-pandemic numbers of 2019 in the year 2022. So Africa now has an opportunity to be in the market, to be present and say, and take advantage of this growth in demand of the traveler to get out. I think the pandemic taught the whole world that we shouldn't hold on to, you know, things and we should get out and spend and 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 have experiences and create memories in, you know, um, around the world and, and be out there in nature. So authentic destinations, natural destinations where you can interface with culture and, and, and conservation and you're able to, to do business in, in an area, um, then those are going to be attractive. So I can say in closing that Africa is definitely um, uh, um, uh, well-placed to benefit from these um, uh, increased demand in travel by the North American market. Jacinta, thank you so much for your time, for sharing this, uh, you know, uh, uh, insightful views uh, of, 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 of the U.S. outbound macro of my listeners. Thank you. Thank you, Kojo.